Welcome to Come and See, your podcast for finding truth in a world of chaos. Brought to you by All for Jesus Living Waters Ministry. With host and founder, Richard Case, and co-host and retreat leader, Kathy Riccone. Today is our special guest day, where we will hear from a friend of the ministry who will share their insight and stories on truth in this chaotic world. And now your host, Richard Case. Welcome, everybody. This is Guest Thursday, and uh, Kathy, we have a very special guest, uh, Diane Gomez uh, from Chicago, uh, Illinois, (laughs) uh, where we met, uh, which she shared a little bit about that, um, back in uh, when Linda and I took over this church called Park Community Church, and uh, she's been a faithful uh, follower of Christ and uh, is an abider, receives and gives it away. So, uh, Diane, we welcome you. you're, are you doing this from your, you moved recently, right, to your new place? I did, just five weeks ago. Uh, so, yeah, it's very, very new. Yeah. Are you still up on the north side? I am actually a suburbanite now. I lived in Lakeview in the heart of the city yeah. for almost all of my life. Well, not my married life, but um, my life as a single mom. And now I am a suburbanite. I live in Des Plaines, Illinois. Ah, Des Plaines. Okay, uh, great. Is that a, an adjustment for you? I know a lot of friends who've moved out of Boston who come out to where we are, and they said not hearing the sounds is actually one of the hardest things for them if you're used to being in the city. Yeah, you know, it is an adjustment. I love the place I'm in. So there, really, there's been no adjustment as far as the living space. But the area around me is very different. Uh, it's very quiet here, except for the right. I'm very close to the trains, so I do hear the trains a lot. But if I didn't know I was living in a condominium building with other people, I would have no idea. If somebody just dropped me in this in this apartment, I would think I lived here in this building alone. It's super <laughs> Wow. Are you, um, uh, with your new location, then are you going to be looking for a new uh, uh, church community? I am. I'm actually begun visiting, and this is such a God thing because you know my heart for Israel. I am 10 minutes away from a Messianic congregation called oh, the wow. okay, cool. Oh, that's wonderful. This will, this will oh, that's be interesting. exciting. Well, we'll, talk, we'll talk about that because, yeah, Diane's been called uh, into the uh, serving the uh, uh, Messianic Jewish community in Israel, and uh, she's actually been there, and we can talk a little bit about that, so it'll be exciting. Well, to start with, um, Diane, tell everybody, how do you come to know Christ in your life? Okay, I'll try to give you the short story. <laughs> um, you know, I grew up in a, in a culturally Catholic family, but no one actually knew Jesus. It was a cultural thing. We went to Mass on Sunday. Yep. Typical, like the stories you hear, people would come out of the church building and get in fights in the parking lot. And there was no community. It was just a cultural obligation. But interestingly enough, as a little kid, I was in a Catholic school and the nuns would talk about Jesus. And I just, on my own, it's a deposit from the Lord that nobody can explain except it was from him because I began to really love Jesus. You know, without really knowing him Mm -hmm. the way I am now, there was just childish fascination with him. And I just grew to love him. There was just like this, small impartation in my little heart that understood that Jesus went to the cross for me 
and I had salvation because of Jesus. Now, I didn't understand relationship, I didn't understand prayer, but it was just that simple uh, childish heart that really, really knew that Jesus was who he says he is. That's kind of cool. I love that. Yeah, so, you know, um, I had that deposit in my heart. My family was very dysfunctional in a lot of ways. Um, but fast forward, you know, that love for Jesus stayed with me. So I am in high school, I'm in my senior year of high school, and I made the decision against, you know, all of my family who thought this was ridiculous, but I made the decision to join the convent. So one week after my high school graduation, I left to begin to prepare to be a nun. Wow. So I spent several years there in a very, um, interesting environment there were ups and downs there were some good things it wasn't all bad but you know interestingly enough as i reflect on those years we really never talked about jesus we didn't read the bible yeah we read the bylaws of the community and we were constantly busy you know idle hands were from the devil so we were always busy between school and work and washing dishes and all the things that came with kind of life there was really no grid, no framework for really hmm. understanding that my life that I dedicated to the Lord really had no understanding of who he was, you know, a context of that lifestyle. Did you, uh, did you wear a habit then? I did. I did. And where, where was this at? This was in the city, um, kind of close to the Lincolnwood area. Okay. Uh, actually, Peterson and Pulaski is a large convent it's still there it's, have it's you uh have you did i have have i have i ever connected you with uh terry hitchcock that's what i was just thinking i would love to have those two in a room together right your podcast as your guest and i've heard her tell the story and i was screaming with laughter because i could so relate to uh what she was saying i'm gonna uh uh, Kathy, I think we should. Well, I'm gonna get. First of all, I'm we just, should have them on together. I'm, yeah, yeah. I'm gonna, I'm gonna connect you. <laughs> first of all, I'm just gonna connect you because uh, you'll you'll have you'll have so much to to share. And and uh, Terry, you know, she's uh, she's from New Orleans, you know, and uh, and so she's a, a hoot just with her southern accent and uh, an avid LSU fan, by the way. Uh, yeah. But uh, I think it'd be fun. I'm gonna connect you, and then uh, we'll try to. We'll try to just have you two on at the same time and share a little bit about your your stories and then where God has taken you, you know, with it, uh, in a sense, pulling you out of that into a life, you know, a life with him. You know, and it doesn't, by the way, it doesn't mean nuns don't have, have that, but but many don't. And uh, and for you two both, he, they pulled you out of that into, uh, you know, a, a different walk. So anyway, go ahead. So you're you're you're. You're uh, a nun with a habit, uh, and, and what happened? <laughs> okay, I was there for several years, um, finished part of my college curriculum in the, in the uh, nunnery. They had their own junior college. And uh, actually for a year, they sent me off to DePaul. So I was one year away from graduating, but you know, I think for, for three years, I struggled with being there. I just really had the struggle that I didn't want to take those final vows and be married to Jesus. I felt a very strong desire to be married and have children. So um, after struggling through this and getting many 
naysays from the leadership in the convent telling me, oh gosh, if you leave, you've got a, you've got a vocation. If you leave, God's not going to bless your life. But <laughs> I pushed through all of that eventually said, you know, I've got to get out of here. This is not, I cannot continue to live kind of like a lie. Like I'm trying to do something that's just not working for me. Right. Yeah. So I left and within a year I was married. I finished up my, I worked two jobs because I had no money when I left. You know, I had the clothes on my back and that was it. So there was need to earn money. So I got a full-time job, a part-time job and went back to school at night, finished up my degree. And it was at DePaul that I met my ex-husband. And within a year we were married. Wow, and what did you study there? Uh, elementary education. Oh, excellent. Okay. School for a while. Okay. I think I was more pushed into that lane versus that really being my, my calling or my vocation, mm -hmm. my desire. So I kind of plugged through all of that as a teacher, but never really found the great joy in that that I should have. So, um, you know, marriage had its highs and its lows, but, you know, we were... We were not believers. He was an agnostic. I knew Jesus, but clearly was not walking with him at that time. Yeah. And, you know, we both had uh, a carload of baggage that we brought into the marriage. I often said, you know, like the two the two trucks behind us were converging and hitting each other and <laughs> all this drama. So, you know, I, I sought counsel and, you know, that was unusual in the day, you know, in family I grew up and you didn't share your life with a counselor, that was taboo. But it all eventually led, and of course, in the meantime, I have a, I have a small child and, and working through a, a lot of issues, it ultimately led to us being separated and the separation did ultimately lead to divorce. But in the separation, I moved to the city he stayed in the house that we owned, and I moved with Sarah into the city, got a job downtown, put Sarah into a private school, and all was well for about two or three months. And then this severe depression hit me. Like I fell into deep depression, was suicidal, and was just uh, in, a, in a really bad place. I knew I was in a bad place, so I did seek counsel. I actually wound up in a psychiatric unit of a hospital for two weeks, was released under the care of my, of my therapist, went back to work. And this is where, you know, the convergence of God is just so impactful in my life because, you know, who could do this except God? But he brought three born again believers into the workplace where I was working. It was a brokerage firm and they, their company had just gone bankrupt. And so they came into our firm, two men, and their assistance. And the woman being very perceptive and walking with the Lord really perceived that I was struggling and that I was hurting and that there were things going on in my life. So subtly, um, you know, all three of them began to say, hey, would you like to come to church with us? And, you know, at first my resistance was up and it's like, hmm, I, no, I'm not gonna do that. But eventually my heart softened and I said, ah, okay, I'll go with you. And at the time it was Willow Creek, they took me out there and, you know, God just worked in miraculous ways. I began to understand what it means to walk with God. I began yeah. to understand, yes, I know Jesus, but I don't have a relationship with him. I began to understand just uh, prayer and how God works in our lives. And so it was in that season that I was baptized and 
got connected into a church community, started going to Bible study, and all the depression was lifted. Mm. Any suicidal thoughts were completely removed. And I began to experience joy. I mean, I began to feel, uh. you know, the joy of the Lord. And so it was the beginning of a whole new season. You know, it was the beginning of the first phase, I think, of the impactful part of my life with the Lord. There's a second season. I don't know if you want me to share this now, but it has to do with Rich. Yeah. And you were, now were you, uh, you said Willow Creek. Did you go out to the main campus then? Were you out at the main campus? Yes. And after about a year of doing that, I, um, I really, and the people that I was going with were going regularly. I was going on my own on Sundays and got involved with children's ministry and all of that. But I just began to struggle with the time element, you know, yeah. long there, being there for the whole morning and then coming home. So I began to inquire and that was actually when Park Community Church began. Right, mm. right. So she was, uh, just for uh, everybody to understand the distance, she's downtown Chicago. Uh, Willow Creek main campus uh, is out in Barrington, Illinois. So okay. it's about an How hour. Far is that? It's about mm. an hour when there's no traffic. <laughs> right. <laughs> if there's traffic, it's it's a lot longer, which there were, you know. So that right. it's a it's a uh, just to get there and back adds two hours to, right. to anybody coming from the city. So not to mention connecting with community there and doing life with people there. Right, right, there's right. Yeah. a whole. A so whole, that that would be typically, yeah. uh, uh, and usually, by the way, and uh, we disciple a lot of people. Uh, where they're kind of either has been at a place, but they moved and, and they're still trying to connect back is that, well, wait a second. Um, do you understand that you, you for, for some reason, you know, God has you in a certain place and why don't you look for where God would have you there because he doesn't want you <laughs> stressed out, you know, with all that uh, energy. So I know, and I can appreciate what Dan says. So, so you're downtown Chicago, uh, get connected to park. Uh, so tell that story of your second season of God taking you then into this beautiful spiritual life of abiding and following him. How did that, how did that develop? <clears throat> Actually, it was over a course of a few years. Park was brand new at that time. Yeah. So it was, it was a good place. You know, I connected with people. I left for a season largely because Sarah was young and there was really no community for a small child. So I was at First Evangelical Free Church. Um, and then through a lot of circumstances, that church was going through a lot of painful issues. The pastor had fallen into sin and all of those things. And lo and behold, a friend of mine uh, called me. She had been with me. At, I was her kind of a mentor for her at uh, First EV Free, and she had fallen away from the Lord for a season. And so th this is several years after the initial time at Park Community. She had called me and she said, hey, I'm looking to get back to church. I've been away from the Lord for a long time. I am in a master's program, so I can't go to church on Sunday. So I heard that Park Community Church has a Saturday evening service. Yeah. Would you go with me? Well, reluctantly, I had no desire to go back to park. It was not on, <laughs> it was not on my agenda. It was actually off, off the agenda. But we started going on Saturday, and eventually, she reconnected with the other congregation, started walking with the Lord, and there I was at park. Then I started going on Sundays, 
and started meeting actually some old people that I had met years before that I was in community with and started developing a community there. And I thought, huh, this is interesting. I really- By, by the way, Kathy, again, just for context, is um, uh, Park was uh, fundamentally young singles. Uh, average age was 31 years old. Uh, and so, you know, uh, Diane's, you know, talking about that, you know, to locate and find people that are, you know, f uh, f in their 40s uh, wasn't, <laughs> there weren't that many. So, right. Uh, so it was an interesting dynamic, which, by, by the way, there was very little for little kids because they didn't have any. Because they didn't uh, have them. Yeah, right. Yeah. So, so <laughs> that it, makes you know, sense. It, this is, you can see, appreciate what God is up to here in a sense with, it's not a natural thing that Diane did to be there because it, it would have been, well, it seems like this isn't the right place for me. I should go somewhere else. But, right, you know, but this, God had yeah. other plans. Yeah. So <laughs> go ahead, Diane, keep going. <clears throat> I, I'm there and I joined a Bible study. I met, in, I met an old friend who I knew from my first time at Park who invited me, hey, I've got a Bible study in my house, come and join me. You remember Dennis Belkoff? Right? Oh yeah, sure. So I'm in that Bible study, we're meeting at his house, and there was one particular um, day that uh, Dennis had invited Rich and Linda to attend. Mm -hmm. So Rich and Linda had come on the bus, and anyway, that leads into what happens next. So we're at the Bible study, and you know, just sharing and doing what we do at Bible study, and somewhere in the course of the Bible study, you, Rich, Linda was between us, but you, you leaned over to me and said, hey, did you drive here? And I said, yeah, I did. And you said, could you drive us home? <laughs> I said, of course, why not? So all of that to say, and I don't know if you remember any of this, but I remember I drove you home. Linda sat in the back seat. You sat in the front seat with me. I dropped you off on Lakeshore Drive at yeah. your building. And you looked at me as you were ready to leave the car. And you said, daughter, your heart is a wonder. Call me. Yeah. And you explained to me that you were going to Scotland on the retreat. Right that you'd be gone and I should call you later. So I was telling Kathy this earlier. I It was just a really interesting two weeks because I received the baptism of the Holy Spirit. In the meantime, yeah. I couldn't wait till you came back. I could I, like, I just had this incredible experience and you asked me to, to call you and talk to you. Well, here I am. And that of course led to, you know, just an incredible relationship with Rich and with Linda. And, meetings where we talked about life and the challenges that I was facing as a single mom and painful issues in my life, but ultimately leading me to the place of learning how to abide, right. learning how to press through in that way through the life issues that I was going through. So just that beginning phase of understanding things like abiding, understanding things like the prophetic and healing and this, you know, the gifts that we often don't talk about were, you know, aroused in my heart. And of course, Rich was a faithful mentor that walked me through many, many episodes. You know, there were a lot of, I grew up in a dysfunctional home with a controlling mother. There were a lot of episodes, not a lot, but several really impactful situations where I had a controlling boss and had to work through that relationship leading ultimately to leaving that job and on it you know in a place of faith 
and obedience yeah. leaving without another job and just seeing the Pandora's box open up and God just do incredible things, bringing a new job, an incredible job with yeah. wonderful boss, good paying, all of those things. Um, and, you know, a, a situation with a church congregation I was at where I was being groomed for leadership asking a lot of questions and beginning to get a rumbling in my spirit, like, oh my gosh, something is dreadfully off here. Mm. Calling Rich one day after a very painful conversation with uh, the pastor, and that just led to a, a painful journey that led to freedom of understanding not only the control that has been in my life through my mother, through bosses, through this pastor, but leading to a place of freedom where I began to understand not only that spirit of control that I was under, but also what drew me into that place. What what was my what was my position in all of that? Right. How did I get myself under that authority? Right. And so there was repentance and you know just a a place of God leading me into freedom away from that into a whole new environment where that I had you know, not really experienced before. Yeah. Talk a but little bit about the, uh, <clears throat> you talked about pressing through uh, and, you know, being led into truth, uh, yes. release, abiding, uh, and freedom. What did that look like as you were in the word and in the process of walking with the spirit? How did that uh, describe that so that people could understand? Because a lot of people are in that position uh, where I got an issue. I'm not sure. I'm not sure. How do I get led to freedom? We try to get ourselves. By the way, God says, "Well, that's not the way." <laughs> uh, and you learned it, uh, and and you know, and, and the freedom that has come has just been beautiful. But describe a little bit. How does that work uh, practically as you're in the Word, and how do you process through something like that? <clears throat> well, thank goodness, Rich, that you were there to help guide me through that process. But ultimately, it's between me and God, of course. But you know, there's. It was a painful journey because I love this congregation so much and I love the people. And so my heart was to see restoration, to be in a place where maybe the leadership there would really understand the control that was really uh, swirling around and really dysfunctional. So the, it was a journey of, of several months where actually this was really interesting. I felt in my spirit a very strong voice from the Lord saying, take a Sabbath, take time away. Mm. And I received that and shared it with the leadership, shared it with the pastor who basically said, that's not from God. Yeah. <laughs> oh, wow. Well, okay. Yeah. I'm in a dilemma right now. It's like, okay, whose voice am I going to listen to? So now, by the way, uh, Kathy, and this is important for the audience is that um, one of the ways of uh, we receiving, uh, you know, uh, things from God is that as we're involved with something, <clears throat> the people that we're involved with, uh, it's really kind of simple that if they're they have a heart to walk with God, they would just say, okay, well then let's go together to confirm it, if the immediate response is, no, I want you to do X, <laughs> right. that, that kind of tells you that uh, something's, something's not right here. And of course, Diane, right. you know, Diane kind of knew it, but it's a, it's a great illustration of, um, it's not about, yeah, I agree or don't agree. It's like, well, okay, 
uh, why don't we go to God and let's find out? Right. Because guess what? Right. Guess what? God will tell you the answer. You know, it is. Yes. And, so and if you're seeking, he'll tell you all the same answer. Yeah, so. That's right. so, okay. uh, so Diane was a little bit of, well, they're not, <laughs> they think I'm not hearing from God at all, you know, and, and mm-hmm. uh, but fortunately, Diane had the strength to stay with it. So go ahead. Sorry, Diane. But I just wanted to have everybody understand something you just said was kind of critical to what people need to understand what it means to walk with God. But go ahead. So I felt a really strong conviction to be obedient to what I heard from the Holy Spirit. And it's like, okay, which voice am I going to listen to? Well, I, you know, it doesn't take a lot of discernment yeah. to know which direction to go, right. even though the voices were not in agreement with each other. And it was in that time of Sabbath, that time of Shabbat, mm that I disconnected from the church for a while. You know, I, I chose not to attend. I chose, even though I had leadership roles, I had, you know, um, had shared with the pastor that I would be taking this break even against his will. And it was during that time that God gave me an abundance of scriptures. I actually had a couple of dreams that God gave me where, you know, he was showing me through the vision kind of what I was experiencing. I won't go into the vision because it would take too long, but, you know, it was through that process, uh, kind of spending a lot of time in the the book of Jeremiah Mm. and that actually preparing me as I work through understanding control, understanding how I got myself under the control, repenting of that, and then God preparing me to be a messenger to that pastor to share God's heart and his love for him and how this control was kind of impeding the process. So uh, fast forward after uh, several months of abiding, you know, being in the word, especially uh, very strongly in the book of Jeremiah, leading up to the meeting, the final meeting with the pastor. And it was abundantly clear right from the get-go that, you know, Richard Richard instructed me, and it was wise counsel, keep your hands open. You don't know what God's doing in his heart. So right. be don't go in there assuming anything. Maybe God's changed his heart. Now he wants to right. understand what God's doing in your heart. Uh, the unfortunate thing was that isn't what occurred. I rather got screamed at and... <laughs> was told that I was going to be under church discipline if I came back and all of these things. So clearly it was clear as I left there that God was saying, okay, your time here is up. You've done what I've asked you to do. You've you know examined your own heart. You've attempted to be the messenger and now you're free. Yeah. You're free to move on and go to the next, the next things that I have for you. Yeah, that's and, beautiful. And so it was a time of healing after that. God led me to a church congregation where the pastor was extremely gracious and said, you know, you sit here and receive from us. Allow your heart to be healed. You don't need to do a thing. <laughs> and so that, that was a, a beautiful place before God then took me to the next season and so forth. The yeah. story goes. Yeah. And tell us... Um... Uh, thank you so much for sharing that uh, uh, process, by the way. I think it's really helpful for all of us to know. And uh, we're all in the process of getting healed and released and freedom. And, and ideally, we need a, we need a, we talk, Kathy and I have talked about this, is uh, we need an inner circle uh, and a community that is, wants to walk with us into that place while you, while you help them. And so it's important. Uh, now, God's led you into uh, a real heart for Israel 
uh, and uh, as an intercessor and serving them, teaching them and teaching others. How to tell us about that and what what is, what is so uh, happening in your life that you have a heart for Israel and the and the Jewish community. Okay, I'll give you a short clip of of the beginning of the process, which actually doesn't start as an adult or even as a born again believer. It started when I was a little girl. Huh. Interestingly mm. enough, my mother worked for two Jewish men who were uh, Holocaust uh, survivors, or they actually had escaped the Holocaust. They weren't part of the part of it. And it was interesting in my family. My mother found them very unusual, though she had high favor with them. So I'd met these men many times, and they were very kind. They loved my mother. And sometimes they would come to our house for a meal. Sometimes we would go to their house, and, you know, we would eat lox and bagels, and, you know, they would present gavelta fish and different things that were not cultural for us. But all of that kind of set in my mind something. My mother always set them apart as different because they were Jewish. Now, I'm a little girl. I'm eight, nine years old. I don't know what any of that means. But converging at the same time, I'm in elementary school and a Catholic school. And as I think I'd mentioned earlier, the nuns would talk about Jesus. But there was one particular nun who was preparing us for First Communion who talked about Jesus being a Jewish man. So I'm, in my little mind as a little girl, I'm thinking, huh, this is really weird. My mom's talking about these Jewish guys that she works for. The nun's talking about Jesus being Jewish, but they're both seeming to set it apart as something unusual. <laughs> okay, so I'm a latchkey kid. My parents both work. My sister's 10 years older. So sometimes I would walk over to the public library. So I decided in the midst of all of this curiosity about Jewishness, I probably was as tall as the card catalog, but I remember pulling out the J cards and looking for Jew. And there I <laughs> this little girl pulling out these big books, encyclopedias, and, you know, just things, putting them on the table and, you know, starting to read these things. Now, these were several visits to the library where I'm trying to digest what I'm reading. So finally, a librarian, a very sweet librarian, comes up to me one day as I'm sitting with these big books on the table. And she said, sweetheart, what is it exactly that you're looking for? <laughs> oh, I love it. So she takes, I explained to her, she takes me by the hand, escorts me into the children's section, and leads me to a series of books called All of a Kind Family, which was a series of books that I devoured that were about an Orthodox Jewish family that lived in New York. Now, they obviously were not believers, but it just goes through the customs, their traditions, the Shabbat services, mm -hmm. synagogue, wearing the clothes that Orthodox wear and so forth. So it kind of set in my heart a little bit of understanding of Jewishness and my savior, my Jewish Jesus. So all of that kind of went dormant over the years go by and fast forward um, several decades. Now I'm firmly walking with the Lord. I already know Rich and Linda, you know, I, um, I'm connected with IHOP in Kansas City. I had actually gone my first trip there with Rich and Linda. And I've gotten acquainted with their Israel ministry and had visit, I made regular visits back and forth to Kansas City. And at the same time, uh, God brought people at my congregation that I was at at the time, people who had the same heart for Israel. 
So we began to have this little community where we talk about Israel and we talk about, you know, what God was imparting in our hearts and just understanding God's heart for Israel. And that actually led to my first trip to Israel. That was in 2007. I was supposed to go with, uh, with someone and that worked out, that didn't work out and God put in my heart that I should go alone. Yeah. Terrifying at the time. It's like, little me, I'm going to go all by myself to Israel. But God just created all kinds of connections. It's like he brought people around me who knew people in Israel and connected me with people in Ariel and Bethlehem. And so I went on my first trip alone and had the most fantastic time that you can imagine. I mean, as silly as it sounds, it was like a honeymoon with Jesus. It's like Jesus taking me around. Oh, that's so sweet. I love that. It was. And I met with beautiful people that I got to know. But it was on the trip home. You know, I'm kind of a muddler and things come to me a little bit later sometimes, not on the moment. But I'm on the plane coming home on the, the long trip home. And God starts to really speak to me about Isaiah 62, verses 6 and 7. I've set watchmen on your wall to give him no peace until Jerusalem becomes the praise of all the earth. I began to really ruminate on that and really ponder, okay, there's going to be no peace in Jerusalem until Jesus returns. And God just began to speak to me in different ways over a convergence of time, just the understanding that he's not going to return until all of Israel is saved. And it just began the process of me gradually understanding that he was calling me to a lifetime, a lifetime assignment to be an intercessor for Israel, yep. specifically to pray oh, for the Beautiful. But not just that. I mean, it's for yeah. Israel, mm-hmm. the Jewish people, for current events and all of that. Yeah. As we, uh, uh, at the end of our time here, uh, Diane, we, we'd like to actually have a part two with you and have you share more of the depth of that. Uh, because like you said, it's it's an intercessor, but it's a you know it's a messenger, it's a it's a minister. Uh, it's, yeah, I'd it, love to hear uh, more on she's, all of this. She's been uh, you know called to this beautiful place, so we'll uh, we'll have you back for for a phase uh, a part two on this uh, and continue uh, the story of of all that this looks like uh, and what a <laughs> you know it's just uh, it's just thrilling. Uh, Linda and I have got to be part of it, uh, Kathy, of uh, bringing someone to freedom, uh, joy, uh, and Diane. Diane has great, has great joy, and she and she attracts great joy, and and that calling of, you know, my assignment for you is is uh, uh, Israel. She's still processing all that that means, including to me. It's really cool, which we'll come to is. Uh, he moved you to displays, <laughs> and you're right down the street from. Uh, hey, by the way, <laughs> I have something for you here. You know, and and she's going to bring a, a real interesting uh, gift to that uh, place. So, uh, Diane, thank you so much for sharing all that. We'll we'll uh, we'll pick it up in part two and and go deeper because we want. We, it's like we're on the edge of our seats. Like we got it. We got to know what's next. You know. And, right. Uh, right. So it's really cool. So uh, Diane, we'll have you back uh, on this next section and. Love, look forward to it. Uh, Kathy, we'll uh, see you tomorrow uh, with uh, uh, End Times Friday, but uh, uh, this is going to be fun. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Thanks so much for sharing, Diane. If you don't mind, I just want to point out one tiny thing. Um, just for any of our listeners that, um, that caught this as you shared at the beginning of your story about those God bringing those three co-workers in. Um, and I just think about the anointing of the workplace and how so often we don't recognize 
what God is doing, the pieces that he's moving. And then I look at the fruit in your life right now and know those three people being faithful to what God called them to do just to speak in that moment, the ripple effects of what that is, that should encourage everyone's heart just to press in and, and ask God what he has them in the place they're in right now, what that purpose is and how they speak and walk and move. And, yeah, and yeah. it's beautiful. And by the way, um, if there's a sensitivity where that, like you said, that woman just said, I perceive, I perceive, yes. you know, you're hurting, you know, could I, could I at least walk with you a little bit? And of course your response was yes. Right. <laughs> yes. Right. You know, um, and that's what, that's what, how God works is that, do you notice mm -hmm. things around you that yes. people are hurting and why don't you invite them if, and that they may say no, uh, yeah. but there's plenty that will in the, in the workplace. And I, th I think that's where the growth of, of uh, walking with God and getting ready for for what he's coming next is next. So anyway, yeah, thank you for sharing that, Kathy. That's yeah, beautiful. So absolutely. Diane, we'll pick you up soon and uh, uh, look forward to this next section. And uh, everybody, we uh, encourage you to uh, really uh, reflect on, on what Diane has shared. And then we'll, we'll pick this up again next. So we'll see you. See you soon. Great. Thanks for joining us, everyone. Thank you for joining us for today's episode of Come and See, your podcast for truth in a world of chaos. Brought to you by All for Jesus Living Waters Ministry. Send us your questions and comments and tune in tomorrow for more answers to your personal questions about living life in God's truth. Remember, God's will is best and none better. His truth brings peace in this world of chaos.